Welcome to Superior Central Library's podcast, your place for stories, poetry, messages from your teacher, and announcements from your library. Good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, May 29th, and while I was originally planning on finishing Stolen Treasures at Picture Drops today, there is a little bit too much left, so we'll finish on Monday, but that's okay because it gives us a chance to um, ask the author, Mary Morgan, some of our questions, and maybe we can get some answers early next week. If you have any questions for Mary Morgan, uh, please send them to me, and I will get them to her early this weekend. I have a few here coming in from other people. Um, but I know she is willing to answer your questions, so you might as well take the chance to talk to a published author. I hope you enjoy the next segment of National Park Mystery Series, Stolen Treasures at Pictured Rocks. Stolen Treasure at Pictured Rocks by Mary Morgan. Ranger Greg was behind the counter at the visitor center when they entered an hour later. He finished answering a camper's question and looked up after folding a map. Good morning, folks. I hope you had a great time at the falls yesterday. We haven't heard any more reports concerning someone in a camouflage canoe. Before he could continue, Dad spoke up. Well, that's why we're here. We had an incident last evening, which we feel you should know about. Oh, really? What happened? We were down at the beach at Hurricane River Campground about 8.30, watching the sunset and enjoying a fire. After dark, our fire went out, and we sat there listening to the water lap up on shore. All of a sudden, we saw a flashlight flicker on and off from the canoe. Someone farther down the beach from us flashed light back, and we heard someone splash into the water as they got out of the canoe. What did you do? asked Ranger Craig. Nate and I walked down quietly to surprise them, but they saw us and got away. We couldn't tell where the canoe went, but the man on shore ran down the trail toward the campground. I think he's camped near us, because this morning he left a note on our table telling us to mind our own business. Everyone watched the ranger's reaction. This is not good. I want you to tell your story to my supervisor. Ranger Greg came around to the front of the counter and led them into a private office. Sir, Ranger Greg said to his supervisor, this is Dan and Amy Cooper and their children, and this is Nate Hartley and his son. They have some experiences they would like to report. Ben, Becca, and Eli thought it was just too cool to be in the middle of a crime scene, like being in a TV show. They were going to have quite the story to tell their friends back home. The supervisor listened, rubbing his forehead as he did. He didn't like what he heard. He was very protective of maritime artifacts and wanted to catch someone red-handed if he was stealing them. I'm sorry you folks have to be involved, but do keep your eyes and ears open and keep in touch. We'll do the same. We hope to have a quiet vacation from here on, Dad said. It's off to the Osopple Point Lighthouse for us. Have a good day the ranger added as they all headed out to the car. No more drama or we are heading home, Mom warned. Ben, Becca, and Eli could only look at each other. They had a feeling the drama was just beginning.
Chapter 18. Changing out of flip-flops and into tennis shoes, Becca asked her mother if she and the boys could start down the trail toward the lighthouse. They were anxious to get going. Sure, but don't forget your camera. I know you want pictures of Lake Superior from the top of the lighthouse. Dad and I have to check what food we need from the store. Becca grabbed her camera from the table and headed off to tell the boys they could go now. Oh yeah, tell the boys to stay on the path and not go down by the lake, her mother added. I will. Becca knew her mother was concerned for their safety. The boys had gone to the play area to hang out, so soon all three were headed down the dirt path to the lighthouse. Sometimes it felt good to do things on their own without adults being with them. This was one of those times. They took the walk at their own pace, and Ben and Becca told Eli about the animal with the long tail, so all three looked through the underbrush, hoping to see another one cross their path. It was really cool, Ben started to explain. I've never seen anything like it. Ow! yelled Ben and Eli almost at the same time. Becca was bent over to get a picture of a wildflower when she heard them yell. She turned just as they fell. What happened? she exclaimed. Something tripped us, Ben answered, rubbing his bare leg. Eli, did you see anything there? No, but my leg has a red mark on it. Mine too, Ben said, looking at his leg closely. Becca knelt down to get a good look at the red streak. Becca, did you see it happen? Eli asked. No, I was taking a picture, but turned when you yelled, and then I saw you two fall down. It was like someone tripped us, like someone set a trap across the trail, Ben said, getting up. Let's look and see what it was. All three looked among nearby trees for a clue. It didn't take long for Eli to spot something tied around a tree on one side. He couldn't believe it. Look, there's fishing line tied to this tree, not too far from the ground. We must have fallen for someone's trap. Following Eli's lead, Ben looked across the path from that point and found another tree with fishing line wrapped and tied around it. Looks like it was deliberately put here to trip someone. Do you think it was meant for us? Do you suppose the man heard us talking last night about going to the lighthouse this morning? Eli asked. I think they're trying to scare us out of here so we won't see them do anything again. I'm not afraid of them. I'm staying. And if we catch the crooks too, then good. Chapter 19. Yeah, that goes for me too, Eli said, walking on toward the lighthouse. Let's not tell anyone about this. If our parents think we're in danger, they'd make us go home. We need to outsmart these guys at their own game. Becca looked back to see the adults walking quickly to catch up. Here they come. Act as if nothing ever happened. Seagulls floated overhead, soaring in the wind. Then the three watched them dive straight down into the lake and come up with the fish in their mouths. Other gulls screeched and dove, creating a loud racket. Sometimes it looked like two were going down for the same fish. Before they knew it, they were at the lighthouse, arriving just as a tour was beginning, so they joined the group. Ben looked around for the lady who used to live there, but she wasn't there. The tour guide told plenty of stories about the lighthouse and those who were the lightkeepers. She encouraged everyone to go upstairs and look around. Before he did, Ben tested the steps to make sure they were sturdy enough to hold him. He didn't trust anything that was 135 years old. 
The guide assured him that many men much heavier than him had climbed each year, and no one had fallen through yet. Becca got plenty of pictures, and then wandered around the lightkeeper's house, imagining herself living there in the olden days before there was electric lights or a road to get into town. She would have missed her friends living down the street. No wonder that lady wanted friends to stay overnight, Becca thought. I'd be lonely too. Ben and Eli stood at the window looking out over Lake Superior. The guide told stories of shipwrecks down below the cliff on which the lighthouse stood. The Sitka and Gale Staples both sank out here on the reef. The Sitka went down in 1904 and the Gale Staples in 1910. Wreckage can still be seen right out there in the shallow water 100 years later. Let's go outside and get a better look, Eli suggested to Ben and Becca. He had seen enough. Turning to his father, he asked if they could go out while the adults looked at the old pictures on the walls. After getting permission, the three kids headed out with a stiff warning to be careful. The ground was uneven with prickly grass growing in the sandy soil. Even though they had been warned to stay a safe distance back, the boys got dangerously close to the edge to see what was below them. Becca stayed a safer distance away. Crawling on their knees and looking over to the edge, the boys could see the outline of ships under the water. Following along the cliff, which turned to the right, the boys looked down over the edge. Ben jumped back in amazement and crouched down farther. He touched Eli's arm and put his finger to his lips, pulling Eli down too. He signaled Becca to get down, but to hurry over with her camera. He kept his finger to his lips, and he told them to slowly look over the edge. Chapter 20. It's a camouflage canoe, Becca blurted out. Two men were in the canoe paddling right below them. Shh, Ben cautioned. Your voice will carry and they'll know we are on to them. Do you think it's the guys who were in the canoe last night? I bet they think no one can see them and they're stealing stuff out of the water right under the lighthouse keeper's nose. Becca could hardly keep from getting hysterical. Do you think they're the ones who put the fishing line across the path to trip us? Asked Eli. I bet they did, concluded Ben. A brilliant idea hit Becca. They know what we look like, but we don't know what they look like. How about if we take their picture from up here? Give me your camera. I'll crawl to the edge over there and get it when they're around the bend, her brother offered. Thinking it was a good idea, Becca took the strap from around her neck. Just don't drop it over the edge. Trust me, he said with a half smile on his face as he crawled away, scratching his legs on the rough grass. Make sure to get their faces, Eli half whispered, crawling over by Ben. We might need to identify them. Oh, this grass pricks my legs. Rubbing his leg where the fishing line had left a red mark made it feel even worse. Trying to time it just right so he'd get their faces, Ben reached his hand over the edge and took a couple pictures. He couldn't be sure what he got in each one, but it was worth a try. Just as he pulled the camera back, he heard his mother's voice call from the lighthouse steps. Ben, get up off that ground and get back from the edge. Eli, I imagine your father wants you to come back alive too. Both boys scrambled to their feet far enough from the edge so they couldn't be seen from the canoe in the water. Whoa, 
That was close, Becca said, running over to Ben. If mom had come out a minute earlier, you wouldn't have gotten a picture. How'd they turn out? She took her camera and looked into the review box. In the bright sunlight, she couldn't be sure if Ben got their faces or not. They would have to be printed out to be sure. As mom got closer, she looked at the boy's legs. That grass must be really rough. Look at your legs. You've got quite the scratches on your shins. I'm surprised you aren't howling yet, Ben. Not letting on how they really got those scratches, the boys acted tough, much to mom's surprise. Ben was known to be rather dramatic when he got even a little scratch. Oh, I'll survive, he replied. His legs did hurt, but he wasn't saying a word in case mom should head for the first aid kit. He hated antiseptic spray. They stung. The men stood talking to the tour guide at the base of the lighthouse, discussing the changes that had been made since the light station had opened. Mom had no idea why Ben, Eli, and Becca smiled mischievously at each other. <coughs> Keeping his promise, on the way back to the campsite, Mr. Hartley brought up the idea of teaching Ben and Becca how to kayak. He talked about water safety and the rule of sitting still and not tipping the kayak side to side. They only half listened as they kept looking for the camouflage canoe and the breaks between the bushes along the lake. They didn't want to appear too obvious. They were looking for something, but the kids hoped they could catch it up to it and get a good look at the men's faces. Realizing the canoe was too far ahead of them, they turned their attention to what Mr. Hartley was saying. The most important thing is to remember to remain calm no matter what happens. Don't freak out if the kayak teeters back and forth. We have a friend named Kayla who went out with her mother down on a river near here. As they were paddling, Kayla looked down and saw a spider crawling around on her seat and began to freak out, screaming away. She flipped the kayak upside down and they both fell into the river. With a wink in his eye, he said to Becca, You wouldn't do that, would you? I really don't want to go swimming in that cold lake. The boys started howling, picturing in their minds a dad and a sister soaking wet. Chapter 21. Kayaking proved to be easy and fun. As Ben and Becca took their turns, Mr. Hartley explained how to keep their balance while getting in and how to paddle. It's different than canoeing because they use both ends of the paddle. Hold the paddle in the middle with both hands, he said, demonstrating. Put the left end down into the water on the left side of the kayak, and then put the right end down as you paddle on the right side. You'll catch on quickly, I'm sure. Both were scared of flipping over within the first two minutes, but soon they were moving around the shallow water like professionals. Mr. Hartley took each of them farther out into Lake Superior with its strong wind and swift current. It was hard on their arm muscles, but they agreed their family should rent two kayaks so they could all try it. Eli wanted to kayak with Ben, but Mr. Hartley knew it wasn't safe for them to be alone on Lake Superior. He did agree to let them try it on Hurricane River, which is very shallow, and they had so much fun, they didn't want to quit. I'll watch you for a few minutes to make sure you're okay, and then I'll go check on my supplies for hobo dinners. Becca, why don't you act as the official photographer and get their pictures in the kayak? Okay, she said. Boys, make sure Becca gets a turn, too. Okay, they both said at the same time. 
The more Mr. Hartley watched them, the more he felt they could be trusted to paddle around and stay in the river. Just stay in the river and bring the kayak back with you when you're done. We will, Eli promised. This is fun, Ben said, grinning from ear to ear. Becca took pictures of them and then turned her attention to a mushroom shelf growing on the side of a tree. She walked along the edge of the river as the guys paddled alongside. The water was so clear she could see a school of tiny fish swimming around the canoe. Fascinated by the fish, Ben quit paddling and leaned overboard. Hey, there's a big ring of some kind down there. See it? Eli saw it too. Hey, I think it's part of a shipwreck. I could almost reach over and get it, but I won't. I don't want to get in trouble with a ranger. Your mother would really freak out then. Let's keep paddling. Becca got a picture since it looked like it was a treasure from a ship. She wanted to turn on the kayak too, so the boys said they'd pull over on the side in a couple of minutes and switch out. She walked along the edge as they paddled farther up the river. She didn't see a mucky hole ahead and stepped into it, losing her tennis shoe. Guys, slow down. I lost my shoe. Just then, she lost her balance and her foot landed right in the mud. Oh, yuck. My sock is all muddy, too. Looking for a tree to lean against as she put on her tennis shoe, her eyes focused on an unbelievable sight ahead. Not 15 feet away, turned upside down in a dense area of trees and bushes, was a camouflage canoe. Ben, Eli, there's a camouflage canoe under those bushes. What? Ben called back to her. Realizing the owners might be close by, she didn't yell again, but she put her shoe on and ran to where Ben and Eli had stopped to wait for her. I found a camouflage canoe and it's tipped upside down. She all but whispered, looking back over her shoulder. Where? Eli asked. Right over there, under those bushes. I bet this is a hiding place. No one can see it from the campsites, and those guys have to come back for it and get it at night. We have to get out of here before they see us. Wait a minute, Ben said. Before we go back, take a picture of the canoe so we can prove it was here. We might need to show the ranger so you'll know we're telling the truth. Becca ran back, her muddy sock making her foot slosh around in her shoe. She took several pictures up close and then standing back by the river. Then she ran down the path next to the river while the boys paddled the kayak back to where they had put it into the river. She arrived at the campsite, wide-eyed and breathless. Opening the door to the camper, she called, Mom? Dad? Where are you? I have something amazing to tell you. Neither parent was there. Looking around, she spotted her mother coming out of the bathhouse with a towel wrapped around her hair. Becca, what is it? Not wanting anyone to hear, she ran across to her mother and breathlessly told her the whole story ending, and we found a canoe, a camouflage canoe, hidden under some bushes back from the river. I'm sure it's the crux. I know it just has to be. It sounds suspicious, doesn't it? I took lots of pictures in case we need to prove it was there. Where's Dad? He and Mr. Hartley went to buy bait for fishing. Uh, we wanted to, them to go back and see the canoe with us. Just then, the boys came running over to them. Where's Dad? Ben asked, totally out of breath from running and dragging the kayak. Out buying bait with Eli's dad. They thought you might like to go fishing tonight. Did Becca tell you about the canoe? We wanted Dad and Mr. Hartley to go look at it with us. 
When will they be back? I'm not sure. I need to get aluminum foil for tonight's dinner. How about we go to the store in Grand Marais for foil and print out some of Becca's pictures? Eli, your dad wants to show your uncle. We won't be gone long. Give me a minute to comb my hair and we'll head out. Mom put her hair in a ponytail and pulled on a hat. Grabbing her purse, she unlocked the car for the kids. The trip to Grand Marais took them on back roads through a wildlife preserve, providing them with lots of entertainment. A family of ducks crossed the road in front of their car. A raccoon waddled halfway across and then turned around. And a flock of geese flew overhead in a V formation, honking as they went. In one of my brochures, Mom began, I saw a picture of something most unusual that I thought you might like to stand next to you for a picture before we print them out. She couldn't help smiling as she parked in a space in front of it. What is that? Ben asked before laughing at it. It's a pickle barrel house, Mom replied. A man really built this for his wife. Let's go read the information signs. This is awesome, Becca said, looking at the huge round house shaped just like a brown pickle barrel. <coughs> After a few good laughs about sourpusses living in a pickle barrel, Mom decided it was time to go. Pick a spot and stand by and I'll take your picture. Say fuzzy pickle. Distorting their voices and their faces, they all said fuzzy pickle as she snapped the picture. Great, now we can go print these out at the drugstore and pick up foil at the same time. Hurrying down the street, they entered the store and headed for the photo department. Looking up the aisle markers, Mom said, Boys, please go to aisle five and find a roll of aluminum foil for me. Becca and I will choose which pictures we want. Can we each get a bag of M&Ms? Ben asked. Sure, get six bags so we can all have some. Mom said as she took the memory card out of the camera. There were so many pictures to choose from, she decided to print them all. Wow, Becca, you sure have had fun with your camera. Yeah, I know, she replied, grinning. She had a few surprises, too, having taken pictures of the boys fooling around when they didn't know it. Boys could be so weird. The photo machine started spitting out pictures, and soon Mom scooped them up in a pile. The boys showed up with the foil in their candy. We'll look at these later when our hands are clean, Mom said. There's nothing like a picture with someone's chocolatey fingerprint in the middle of it. All right, back to the car and beyond, she said, putting her wallet back into her bag after paying for the items. The trip back to Picture of Rocks National Lakeshore was a quiet one. As three kids popped candy into their mouths, Mom enjoyed the peace and quiet while the unopened packet of pictures filled Becca's mind with questions. Did they get a good picture of the men's faces? Would a canoe hiding under bushes prove anything? Would they be heroes for stopping the theft of maritime artifacts? Chapter 22 Ben and Eli's plan to go back to the canoe was put on hold when they saw their dads working around the campfire. Hey guys, it's almost time to make hobo dinner, Mr. Hartley called out to them as they got out of the car. Looking around, Eli spoke softly. But dad, we have something really important to show you. Can I wait? His dad asked. These have to get cooking and we'll have plenty of daylight left to do whatever it is you want. I guess, he said. 
Seeing the ingredients for the dinners on the table made Eli forget about a canoe under a bush. Ben and Becca were going to be amazed at what they were about to eat. Looking at their hands, Mom cut in. Nobody handles any food until those hands are good and clean. I think I see river algae on them. Flipping their hands over to see if they had turned green, the three of them headed off for the bathhouse. Raise ya, Ben said and took off. Racing into the bathhouse, he almost ran down a man coming out. Embarrassed, he kept his head down and said a quick, sorry. Becca watched it happen and giggled as she went into the women's restroom. Five minutes later, the process of making dinner was about to begin. Piles of food were on the table. Eli, would you like the honor of explaining how to assemble a hobo dinner? He asked when everyone was back at their picnic table. Yeah, he said, grinning from ear to ear. First, you take a hunk of ground meat and flatten it into a hamburger. Then you lay it in the middle of a piece of foil. Next, you layer on some onions and sliced potatoes and some of these baby carrots. Some people like to put salt and pepper on theirs. I don't. I put on lots of ketchup when it's done cooking. Sweet, said Becca, neatly laying her burger on the foil. Do we have to eat onions? Becca said, wrinkling up her nose. No, said her mother, but you have to have carrots and potatoes. Have you had your five fruits and vegetables today? She laughed at her own question. Eli continued his explanation. Now after your food is stacked on top of each other, bring the edges of the foil together and roll it down and fold over the ends like, like this. Walking over to the campfire with his foil packet, Mr. Hartley said, to cook them, we lay them on the coals near the edges so they'll cook slowly. They need heat under and around them, but you don't want them into a blazing hot fire. He used a pancake turner to position his just right. They take a little while to cook, so let's get out our fishing poles and check our lines and lures while they cook. He stood up and reached for his favorite rod. Most likely they'll be done when we are through putting on the hooks. The lake is good for fishing in the evening when the water is calmer. As a surprise, we rented two boats for tonight. Wow, Dad, that's cool, Eli said, excited about what their dads did to surprise them. I am not putting worms on my hook, Becca declared. Feeling them crawl around my fingers gives me the creeps. Ugh. And at that, her whole body shuddered. I don't blame you, Mom chimed in. I don't like that squishy feeling either. Girls... Ben said with disgust. It's a good thing we don't have to catch our supper. Wrapping a worm around a hook didn't bother him a bit. He hadn't been fishing for a long time. This was going to be fun. Vacations were the best. Dad and Mr. Hartley got out the poles and pulled on the fishing line. They checked the tackle boxes to be sure there were enough bobbers, lures, and bait. Dad stood four poles up next to the camper. This looks very promising. I can almost smell the fish frying in our pan already. How about a fish fry tomorrow night? Whoever catches the most fish doesn't have to clean any. He called out the challenge to everyone. Dad, said Becca. Everyone turned to see what made her squeal now. I am not cleaning any old fish that flips and flops. Just the thought of it sent a shudder down my spine. Well, we'll make an exception to that rule, he said. He couldn't help but wink at his daughter. Make that two exceptions to the rule, Mom said, stepping over to put her arm around her daughter. We girls have to stick together. 
I tried filleting fish once and it freaked me out. I cut off the head and the tail flipped up and the next fish I cut off the tail and the head flipped up. I screamed and quit right then and there. I like to buy my fish ready to eat. The boys were laughing their heads off, imagining Mom screaming at a little fish. Hey, Mr. Hartley exclaimed, dashing over to the fire as steam rose from the foil packet dinners. I think our dinners are done. With a flipper, he carefully lifted the packets off the coals, making sure he didn't rip them open. Ben ran into the camper for a bottle of ketchup and then settled into a seat on the bench for a delightful meal. What's really neat about these meals is that you eat them right out of the foil, so there's no cleanup needed, Mr. Hartley said as he unrolled this foil. I like this idea, Mom said, relieved that there wouldn't be any pots and pans to wash. <coughs> Anxious about eating his, Ben reached for his. Hot, he exclaimed, using his fingertips to open it. Despite slightly burned fingers, the smell made him melt. Sorry, forgot to warn you to be careful. The foil holds the heat and will be hot, apologized Mr. Hartley. The rest of the meal was spent almost in silence as everyone enjoyed their food. Dad, can we do these at home on our grill, asked Ben. These are so good. I think we can. We'll try it next weekend. Now what was it you wanted to talk to us about when you got back from town? Or have you forgotten what it is? Chapter 23. Eli started the story. Becca looked down at her sock. Dad, remember how you told us to stay in the river with the kayak and not go into the lake? Well, we decided to paddle farther up the river, away from Lake Superior. It's really shallow, so only a kayak could go through it. Becca was running along the bank, taking pictures of us and other stuff, and all of a sudden she stopped in some thick mud and her shoe came off. She lost her balance and put her right foot out into more mud. All eyes turned to Becca as they listened to Eli talk. Ben took up the story at that point. She told us to stop, so we did, and she reached down to get her shoe and put it on, and then she looked over and she saw... Softening his voice, he leaned towards her parents so no one beyond their campsite could hear. She saw a camouflage canoe. Yeah, it was upside down under some bushes, Becca added. <clears throat> Well, that's curious, Dad said, looking out towards the woods. Why would anyone hide a canoe in these woods? I got a picture of it, Becca said proudly, and Mom had them printed out when we went to buy the foil. That's right, exclaimed Mom, standing up. I'll get those pictures so we can look at them. We didn't look at them in the car because we were eating M&Ms. Off she went to the camper to get them. <clears throat> There were about 50 pictures in the packet, and everyone teased Becca for being such a shutterbug. Hey, I like to take pictures. It's fun, she said good-naturedly as she blushed. The boys laughed when they saw the ones she took of them fooling around on the monkey bars and paddling the kayak. And they mocked the one of her mushroom shelf on the pine tree. As soon as the, soon the kidding turned serious as they saw the picture of the men in the canoe and those of the canoe under the bushes. Picking up the one with the men's faces, Becca exclaimed, Hey, that's the man you bumped into tonight at the bathhouse, Ben. Let me see, Ben said, grabbing for the picture. He couldn't believe he had been that close to one of the bad guys. If these men are doing something illegal, you have proof of what they and their canoe look like, Dad said. How about showing us where you found the canoe? 
We know right where it is, Eli said, jumping up from the table. I'll clear up dinner while you detectives go find that canoe, Mom said. No one refused that offer, and we're off to discover a hidden canoe. Retracing their steps, Becca walked close to the water, looking for the spot where her shoe made an indentation in the mud. She found the location and looked for the tree she was leaning against when she saw the canoe. Positioning herself as she was before, she looked in the direction of the canoe. She was sure she was aimed in the right direction, but when they walked over to the bushes, the canoe was gone. I hope you enjoyed these chapters of Stolen Treasure at Pictured Rocks. I loved reading about hobo dinner because that's one of our family's favorite dinners, except we call it caveman stew, and instead of ground beef, we use ham, and then we sprinkle cheese on top and ketchup, and it's so yummy. I hope you guys have a great weekend, and we will finish the story on Monday and hopefully get some answers to some of your questions. So send me your questions for Mary Morgan. Have a great weekend. Keep reading.